everybody. It's great to see you. I hope you had a, a wonderful day today. We're looking forward to our time together this evening. Appreciate those who are over in the Annex with their class coming over and being a part of our presentation tonight. Roger Comstock is our speaker. He comes from Gatlinburg, but he is now basically in charge of the Guyana work, the work among the Amerindians. And I know several folks here have gone on trips or you've been involved in some way. And we're looking forward to what he has to say about the work and the focus for moving forward. But he'll share all of that with you. Uh, the elders wanted me to just reemphasize a couple of good things that happened today. Russell and Crystal White have placed membership with the congregation. It's about time, isn't it? <laughs> and then also Pam Morris has placed membership. And we're just very excited about that. Don't forget to keep Ben Roberts in your prayers. He's to see a doctor on Thursday for a CT scan of his aneurysm. And then immediately following that CT scan, as they determine just the extent of his problem, they're going to take action. So please, please keep him in your prayers and remember him and Joanne on Thursday. The puppets, if you're connected with that, they're going to be meeting up front here immediately after the presentation. So I'll, I'll try to remember to remind you of that at, at the end. I went to school with Roger. First time I met Roger was 29 years ago. Can you believe that? 29 years ago. You do. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, we, I think I was just six months behind him. So much of the time I was in school, Roger was in school too. And Roger was quite a leader then, and he continues to be. And I just appreciate him and his work so much. We're going to have a prayer together, and then we'll give all of the time to him as he describes to us this work in Guyana. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for a blessed day today. Thank you for the, the encouragement that we've received in being together in fellowship with one another and worshiping you. We thank you, Father, for the growth of our body here, and we pray your blessings on those who have indicated their desire to be a part of us. And we, we just pray that you'll empower them, that they can find their place quickly and really contribute to all that's happening here. We pray for Ben as he's facing surgery or some treatment, and we just pray all of that's going to work together for his physical good. We ask your blessings on Roger as he presents his material tonight, and we thank you for the work that he's taken on. We know that he's very busy in a lot of areas, but we thank you especially tonight for the advancement of your kingdom in far-off places, and we pray that you'll help him and help us as we partner with him in that work. We pray your blessings on all of us. Help us be attentive to the things that are going on here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be with you. And let, let me first start by saying a, a, a big thank you. Um, you all have been a part of the Guyana work and Amerindian missions longer than I have. So we greatly appreciate. I know some of you have traveled with, uh, with JT, and uh, we're just uh, uh, happy to be here with you and, and so grateful for your involvement in Amerindian missions. 
Um, Brother Ken, he, he may not realize, I don't know if he knew that uh, he had a nickname when we were in school. I don't know if, they ever, if you ever heard your nickname, Ken. Um, his nickname was Curve Buster. And if those of you who remember school and the grading on the curve, if you had somebody who aced every test, they were a curve buster. And that's Brother Ken. We didn't, uh, he, just, he was a marvelous student, and I'm thankful to, for you all that uh, they're here with you, and I know he'll do a great work here with you. Um, I began with Amory Indian Missions. My first trip to Guyana was in 2006 with Brother Jerry. If I can find the right button to push. There we go. Uh, we lost Brother Jerry back in November. Uh, I was uh, blessed and honored to, to preach Brother Jerry's funeral. He was a very, very dear friend. Uh, I, he was he, he, I just such, uh, such respect for him. When the, the Somerdale elders asked me to get involved in this work in a, in a little uh, more involved way, um, my biggest motivation was because I wanted to build on the work that Brother Jerry had done and, uh, and do the things he taught us to do in Guyana. Uh, dearly love him and Miss Francis and uh, value the, the time that I had with him and, in Guyana and, and uh, his wisdom and his uh, uh, desire to teach. And he just, uh, I, I can't say enough good about Brother Jerry. Loved, loved him dearly. But those last few years and the Parkinson's really was very, very tough uh, to see him and how it affected him in the work in, in Guyana. Most of you know, you've probably seen some of these things before. We fly from uh, all over the U.S. We come from all different states to Miami and then to Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown is the capital city of Guyana. And from Georgetown, we fly to uh, uh, the biggest city in the lower part of Guyana called Lethem. And uh, from there, we go out into uh, the different villages. Most of our work is in the lower, in the southern part of Guyana. We still do some in the north and some of the coastal uh, villages. But primarily, most of the greatest volume of our work is in the southern portion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know how you see on the news, uh, 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 the, they'll come on and they'll say, breaking news, and it was something that happened three days ago? Well, I, I think, if it's the next slide, we have some breaking news, and this is really breaking news. Um, today, there's been an earthquake in uh, that region. Uh, um, if you see the little balloon-like thing, that, that's what they're saying is the epicenter of the earthquake. And all of those villages that you see, Sand Creek, Maruanau, Awaranau, and Ishelton, all of those uh, are, are places where we have congregations. And uh, I, I haven't heard from anyone in those villages, but I have from Lethem. Um, in Lethem, apparently far enough away that they didn't have any damage and they're okay. But uh, please keep the folks, and especially our brethren, in that general area in your prayers uh, as they deal with the effects of whatever the effects are of this earthquake. A 5.7, I think, which is not the biggest, but it's a, that's a sizable earthquake. Um, this is one of the preachers in that very region. Uh, this is Charles Simon. He's also the assistant Tushau in his village of Awerwanau. He is uh, the Tushau is like the mayor, we would call it. It is an elected position, and uh, and he's so he's very prominent in their in their village. Uh, one of the high spots, one of the bright uh, tourist spots for Guyana is at Katura Falls, or they just call it Katura. It, this is uh, one of the largest waterfalls in the world, about 741 feet of drop 
Um, it's very beautiful. I got to visit there for the first time last year. It's absolutely amazing, a beautiful place. And uh, I, I'm not pointing the right, there we go. The other thing Guyana may be famous for is Jonestown, if you'll remember. Uh, um, we visited there last year. In fact, by, purely by coincidence, we were there on their 45th, I think it was, anniversary. Um, I think that's right. Uh, no, the 40th anniversary. It was 2018. Um, and you see the monument there and the little sign. I've, I've blown it up. That's the only thing left of Jonestown. Uh, we had to walk roughly a mile into the jungle, um, and a man took us that knew where this monument was. It's the only evidence of Jonestown there now. Um, interestingly, we, we met with some of the Christians there, and some of them were there and, and were members of the church way back then and were there when all of that disaster, that uh, massacre, if you want to call it that, when that happened. And, uh, and they were able to tell us their, what they remembered and so forth. It was very, very interesting. But um, sadly, when people think of Guyana, a lot of times that's the first thing they think of is uh, the Jonestown uh, disaster. Um, something missing there. Well, anyway. Um, uh, what we're doing currently, and, and we're almost finished, and you all have been a part of this, and we're very, very grateful for your help. Um, because of the, uh, the pandemic, um, our brethren down there have been greatly affected. They've been locked down much more severely than we have. And so we set out to try to, to help them with a, a relief uh, program. And from that, uh, so far, we've helped 19 of our villages and uh, roughly 400 and 440 uh, families. Um, I don't know the exact number of people, but you can see the list of things that we provided for each household. And uh, it, uh, so far, our man down there, Sunil Joseph, has been very, uh, very busy. He traveled about 2,400 miles to deliver these goods. And uh, at this point, it's been a cost of almost $12,000, which is pretty close to what he had budgeted for us. Uh, but I want you, wanted you, uh, we have one more, uh, two more villages that we would like to do. And these are very remote villages. They are, you have to fly in and fly out of these two villages, Paramakatoy and Monkey Mountain. And so we're still, we, we need, uh, we're working on, uh, we need about another $4,000 uh, to cover that expense. The largest part of the expense is the cost of flying the freight uh, in there um, because it, the, the roads are just, mountain roads and totally impassable. But uh, just to give you a general idea, when we're done with the whole thing, let me jump he he ahead here a little bit. Um, we, will have, we will have helped upwards of 2,500 people. Uh, we've helped primarily, uh, our, our focus has been on members of the church, um, about 500 households. But Sunil, in that 2,500 miles, he, he, or 2,400 miles, he will have delivered over 11 tons that just kind of blew my mind. Eleven tons of goods, rice and flour and sugar and so forth. And, and so he's been a very busy man for this past month, but uh, has, uh, has really enjoyed being able to do that. And a total cost, we estimate, right at $16,000. And so we, it, we just wanted you to know what we've done. I've left some information uh, with the brethren here um, that uh, if you want to look at some of that a little bit further, you're certainly welcome to. This is Sunil and his family on, uh, your, on, on your left. I have to think backward. 
and they packaged everything so when they went to each village, they could just hand each family a bag of the goods that were available for them. Uh, we he used our mission truck that's owned by Emory Indian Missions to deliver the goods, and, uh, and you can see how loaded it was and so forth. So it was uh, quite an effort, and uh, I really give uh, Sunil the credit for accomplishing that. These are some of the congregations that were helped and, uh, and the people who received those goods. And again, we're very, very thankful uh, for all of the help from our supporters to make that effort possible. And uh, we would like to try to do it again, maybe in a couple months, uh, depending on how things go with the virus and, and uh, the restrictions and so forth. Um, this is uh, um, one of the congregations where they helped uh, with each congregation, when they would go and the people would come to pick up the goods, they would have a, a, a short service, a little devotional, and, and spend a little time with the brethren as they've not been able to be together much at all in uh, this past year. So it was a good thing for everybody. It was good for us to be able to help. It was good for them uh, for the goods that they received and to be, have a, really have an excuse to get back together again. This is another project we did in, in 2019. We raised, uh, we raised about, uh, about $5,000 to buy uh, 10 laptops for the school in the little village of Paramakatoy. Again, this is the village that's up in the mountains. We donated those laptops to the middle school there uh, and, and uh, certainly to help them and so the children can learn computer skills and all of that sort of thing. But we were also, we were very blessed. I requested of uh, a World Video Bible School. Some of you are familiar with that work in Texas. They provided us with a, they gave me a, a, a hard drive, a, an external hard drive that had every single video they have produced on that hard drive. And we downloaded all of that material onto all 10 of those laptops. And uh, the, the password to get, in, to get on the laptops is Church of Christ. And, and so uh, uh, they, they can do whatever they want with that material. They can erase it, delete it if they choose to. But there is a tremendous a volume of, uh, of material available to them if they, uh, if they uh, want to learn anything. And, and a lot of it is very science-oriented. Um, uh, when we left, they were looking at some uh, videos about the solar system. And, and certainly uh, all, uh, all of that, certainly, as you know, is Bible-based. About half of our preachers, we now support 18 preachers, and about half of them have motorcycles that Amerindian Missions has provided for them. Um, we also have an ongoing repair fund. Um, it's a rough place. I mean, the, 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 our, the, the, the guys who participate in dirt biking uh, here in this country, um, would, our preachers would outclass all of them. I mean, riding a motorcycle down there in those conditions is quite uh, difficult. Uh, here again is Charles Simon. He preaches at three individual congregations every Sunday, and so the motorcycle is of uh, importance to him. And so occasionally we have to replace the motorcycles and, and constantly doing repairs and so forth. In the village of Awero now is uh, Brother Elvis Bernard. He also uh, um, has been, he's been preaching for a long, long time. Uh, has finished the school, Guyana Christian University, and a very valuable worker in the kingdom in that region. Uh, there are a lot of beautiful natural resources in Guyana. People uh, don't know a lot about uh, some of the, the wildlife and so on. Here these uh, parrots uh, are flying everywhere, especially in the evenings. You hear them screeching and making a lot of noise, but they're uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, some of you ladies especially, maybe some of you raise orchids. Uh, they raise them too. Well, they don't raise them. God raises them. 
um, that they grow wild uh, all over the, the general region, depending upon the, the conditions and so forth, as, as you would uh, understand. Um, a common sight everywhere we go is livestock. Uh, this is in the middle of town. In fact, uh, I think I took this picture during a political rally. I thought it was kind of interesting. They, their election, believe it or not, their election for pre their president took longer than ours did. Uh, but uh, um, they, their president had another idea. He just ordered that votes, the, 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 the in-office guy, he just ordered that votes in certain regions not be counted. Um, but uh, they overcame that, and he lost, and uh, they have a new president. But here was this big political rally, and all these people, and the speeches, and here comes this flock of sheep walking right through the middle of it. I thought it was uh, very interesting. Um, this is uh, uh, the American on the, on the right is Brother James Pendley. He lives in Gadsden, Alabama. He's been a great co-worker for a long time. And, uh, and here he is presenting uh, Bibles and, and baptismal certificates. Uh, we do that uh, usually at our evening services during the campaign. And uh, everybody who's baptized gets a very nice large print Bible. I think in the past you all have provided uh, some of those Bibles. And uh, we give them some additional study material uh, for their continued growth and, and certainly a baptismal certificate. Um, but we, 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 we give Bibles to anybody who wants them. Not to these nicer Bibles go to those who are baptized, but anybody there. Um, we hand out Bibles uh, literally by the dozens. And we take that for granted, I think. How many Bibles do you have in your home? Do you even know? Have you ever counted how many Bibles you have? All different translations and so forth. But these folks, many of them had never even touched a Bible, let alone owned one. And for us to give them a Bible free of charge, they are, uh, they are rather uh, overwhelmed by that. And we're happy to be able to do that because of congregations like you that provide, uh, provide Bibles and funds to buy Bibles. This is Brother Harold Duncan. He is one of the uh, earlier converts in the area of Lethem. He's a, a, big, uh, a big shot in the political world in, in Guyana. He is the very first minister of Amerindian affairs in uh, in. Um, in Guyana, and uh, lives there in, in Lethem, and uh, he is the result of uh, Brother Jerry's work. I believe Brother Jerry taught and converted him um, and his wife. Um, there are in, in Lethem, there are open markets and vegetables. Let me move ahead here real quickly. Uh, some nice-looking beef there, and if you like fish, uh, do you, have you ever eaten piranha? Or you, you, We typically think the other way around, that the piranha eat us, but uh, they eat piranha. They are such a, such a beautiful fish. Um, being sarcastic. Um, one of the things Americans typically don't think about is the money exchange rates. And when our dollar goes up and down, uh, whatever the circumstances may be, it has a tremendous effect on missionaries all over the world um, because everybody kind of hangs their hat on the U.S. dollar. Uh, right now the rate is 205 to 1. Uh, one of our dollars buys 205 of their dollars. A Coca-Cola costs $200, if that gives you any idea. So uh, um, that, that's always a factor in the, in the exchange of money and paying the preachers and so forth. I, I'll show you several pictures of just individuals. Um, I don't know if you can see, maybe you can see the guy up the tree right there. 
uh, picking some coconuts for some of our uh, for some of our Americans, and they'll take a machete and chop that thing open, and you'll be drinking uh, drinking water from a coconut in just no time. Uh, this is uh, uh, the man with the hat on is Dr. Andy Duke. He is from the Mobile, uh, Alabama area. He does, uh, does almost, except for this year, he does uh, medical mission trips once a year. Um, very uh, uh, sound uh, Christian. He does some preaching for us when, uh, uh, when he's available, but he, he, he has been doing a great work with us there in Lethem. Uh, that's also Dr. Dr. Andy Duke. Um, and the man standing there is another doctor who's gone with us, Dr. Eddie Cool. He's a member of the, of the Lord's Church in Maryville, Tennessee. And uh, this young man had an injury that I, I absolutely believe, had Dr. Eddie not been there, I believe this young man would have died. He cut, uh, fell on a piece of glass in the playground and uh, cut uh, into the bursa sac in his knee, and it got severely infected. And uh, when, we, when we got to him, he was unconscious, burning up with temperature, and uh, we were able to get some IV antibiotics in him, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, he has done okay. So uh, uh, we're very thankful for those who help do those kinds of trips. Uh, the gathering for them is much like it is for us. They're, they're always happy to see one another, and they're, they're always happy to see us Americans. Uh, they, uh, uh, they come out in droves when the Americans are there for a lot of different reasons, but uh, it's always a joy to worship with them. It's such a treat as, as we worship together and, and praise God in one of the assemblies. I'm not sure. I think this is in Lethem, I believe, uh, where this picture was taken. When we travel, we have to travel to these individual villages. They range from uh, 30 or 40 miles away from Lethem to 80, almost 100 miles away from Lethem. We spoiled Americans have to have uh, everything that we need, like uh, fresh water, rather than water out of, uh, from their systems. Back in, the, and JT could tell you, back in the good old days, we all traveled in these trucks we still use the trucks, but we use them now only to carry our, our food and water and our teaching supplies, all that kind of stuff. But we used to ride everywhere in these trucks on these roads that are more like uh, pig trails. Um, but uh, we have really advanced now that we ride in uh, vans, and uh, um, it is, I guarantee you, is much, much more comfortable, and we're very thankful. The roads are better than they used to be, so uh, we're very thankful for those advancements. But we all pitch in and help load and unload the trucks uh, when, in, uh, whether we're loading to go or unloading when we get there. We, we all pitch in. We, we begin all of our travels uh, like on this particular trip with a, a prayer together. Um, we, we do a lot of praying. We pray uh, several times a day together as we have opportunity uh, to be together. Um, just some kind of general pictures. Uh, the children... Like children everywhere, but the children just kind of grab you. They just kind of grab your heart. And they are just absolutely beautiful children. If you're not aware, the Amerindians are the indigenous people of South America. They would be the equivalent to our Native Americans, the North American Indians. And so they, I guess in some way, they're probably distant cousins way back, maybe back to Noah, I don't know. But, um, uh, but uh, they are beautiful, beautiful people. They're quiet, reserved people. We're, we're blessed that most of the villages speak English. Some of the older people in some of the villages still speak their native tongues. There are nine different Amerindian villages and nine different languages. And so uh, we, I don't speak Wapashana or, or any of those um, 
So uh, we are thankful that English is taught in the schools. It is a second language to them, but they uh, understand quite readily. And uh, uh, the older folks that uh, need help, sometimes we use a translator even in preaching if there are several older folks in the audience in some of the more remote, uh, more remote villages. Just some general pictures of the landscape, what traveling is like in that region. There actually are rest stops along the way. Um, You thought that was true just to America. They're a little different than the American rest stops, but uh, at least they they do have them. Um, The roads, as I said, are rough. Probably your worst uh, county road here in your county, it would be like an interstate compared to, to most of these roads. Uh, the common site out in the countryside, the termite mounds, and uh, I've never seen, but the giant uh, anteater is very prevalent in, uh, in this region, and uh, I hope someday to get to see one of those in the wild. But it really is a beautiful country. We go primarily, we try to go in February, March, because that's a dry time of year. This area would all be virtually totally flooded uh, during the rainy season, the wet season, so it's almost impassable to to get to these uh, these more remote villages, um, again some of the uh, the beautiful uh, uh, foliage that uh, is there just growing wild out in the countryside. Uh, and if you, again if you're not aware, it's a, uh, we're about in when we're in Lethem and that area we're about this close to the equator. Um, Lethem I believe is like 3.4 degrees north of the equator. And what that means is uh, in the evening, at night, when uh, you're trying to sleep, it gets all the way down to maybe 85 degrees, and the the daytime will typically be anywhere from 95 to 115 in that range. Uh, So it is quite hot, um, and uh, so we have to take some extra precautions to prepare. Just some of the general scenes you would see. um, This is our mission truck, and... uh, uh, going to a village, we use it for transportation. This, uh, they, they didn't know they were ahead of their time. This is before masks were required um, for a different reason, obviously. Um, I don't know if you can see well enough in this picture, if my picture is good enough if, to count, but I think there are six people on that bicycle. And uh, that's a common sight. Oftentimes, one family will only have one bicycle, and they'll all, the whole family, ride on, uh, ride on that bicycle. And, uh, but I think uh, five or six is the most I have ever seen on, on one bicycle. Another kind of a general scene of the countryside, uh, um, and the idea of what the, the roads are like and how difficult travel can be. Um, this is in, I, I believe this is in Awarewa now, and uh, they're getting water to... The the ladies use it to do laundry. They use it to wash the dishes um, and just general use. They would uh, they would drink the water, but we we spoiled Americans. Uh, uh, we we don't do that. If you do, you'll learn a hard lesson. Uh, give you an idea. There are occasionally we in a village that has the old pump handle kind of a, a kind of a well or pump, uh, but most of the time uh, you have to retrieve your water by bucket uh, from uh, from the well. Um, Moving right along. This is the church building at Awarewa now. Um, it is uh, the basic building that uh, most of the buildings that Brother Jerry um, had built over the years. I think, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think there are 16 of these buildings around the countryside. And uh, um, they, uh, they're same general size and shape. The building at the back is, uh, is the preacher's house. And uh, we uh, it's uh, use this kind of what we used to call solar block, 
uh, for some ventilation as we, uh, as we worship there every evening in our campaigns. Um, another kind of a building, I, for us, I would call it more like what I would call a pole barn. Uh, we are currently having an agreement with two villages that they're going to do the work, and we've provided the materials to build uh, small buildings like this. They're in small villages and small number of people, and uh, we were very happy to provide the money for the materials, uh, and they're willing to do the work, I think is a great arrangement. Um, sometimes we don't have a building. Um, if we can find a shade tree somewhere, uh, that usually is sufficient. But uh, we, we, don't, uh, we don't let uh, a place get in the way of worship. Um, this is one of their staple foods. This is, uh, um, this is um, I just went brain dead. Um, help me, JT. Um, cassava, excuse me. Um, it is a root. They use it. It is one of their staple foods. It's a root. Uh, some of it looks uh, about, like a, about like a sweet potato, but they have to go out and dig that, and some actually do plant it and, and harvest it and so forth. But they, uh, they grind it. Um, you can see the lady. She, she's got a piece of wood that has some strips of metal embedded into the wood. And she grates that cassava like, uh, you remember the little old metal, square metal things that your mama used to have to grate uh, uh, cabbage to make slaw? Well, they do the same thing, but in a little bit bigger scale. Um, but it, it, they grate it all. Some of them have been so ingenious, they figured out a way to hook up a bicycle and somebody sits on the bicycle and somebody else puts the cassava in and grinds it uh, to get it down to the usable, uh, the way they use it. Um, they, there are a number of different uses. Primarily, they make sort of a bread. Um, I, I'll, if you want to know what it tastes like, go home and grab you a piece of cardboard. Um, that's uh, pretty much what it tastes like. In fact, cardboard may be better. Uh, but uh, the, it, it is a staple to them, very essential to their, to their lives and their eating. They, they, after they grate it, they stuff it in this long woven, uh, woven uh, 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 like a long sock sort of thing. And they stuff it in there and they pack it in there. And that, uh, that woven thing puts enough pressure on it that it squeezes the juice out of, uh, out of the cassava, and then they'll eventually put it over a fire and parch it and dry it uh, so they can store it. But they save the juice, and you can take a wild guess what happens to the juice. Um, uh, it's a source of intoxication, um, widely used in uh, drinking. Uh, intoxication is a major problem uh, among the Amerindian people in their villages. creates a lot of other problems, uh, but... Anyway, that's a sort of a, a, a sad byproduct uh, for, the, uh, for the cassava. Um, there's the, uh, the loaves after they've they put it on an open fire. On a pe they'll have a piece of metal about that big around over an open fire, and they'll put, uh, put it on there and, and make it into this uh, like, like a bread. Um, some of you who have not been uh, to Guyana, you might have seen pictures of this before. Anybody have any idea what that is? I'll give you a couple other pictures. I laid my watch down beside this one just to give you an idea of the size. Uh, the thing right on the bottom is really what it's all about. Um, if my, there we go. It's cashew. 
um, and uh, they grow wild down there. Um, I usually bring several pounds of cashews home with me when we, we come home. Um, some people are able to catch and tame some of the wildlife. These are two of our workers, uh, Colonel Ricky um, on, the, on your left and uh, um, Sister Terry on uh, holding the, uh, the parrot or some, uh, some branch of that family. Uh, just, again, some general pictures of some of the individuals. Again, the children, well, you just can't keep your hands off of them. You just want to squeeze them um, just like they were your grandchildren. Um, we, we, our objective, obviously, is to save souls. And as our people go out during the day, we eat breakfast together. Everybody goes out around the village, all different directions, seeking people who might be willing to study God's word. Uh, they carry Bibles with them and give them to people as they go along. But uh, uh, these are the, one of our folks. This is uh, Archer Moses, I believe, who is uh, uh, doing the teaching in this particular scenario. Uh, Sister Priscilla, uh, I think you can tell which one she is. Uh, she is from uh, the Somerdale Congregation in Somerdale, Alabama. And she went with us one time uh, a couple years ago. Uh, just, again, uh, she, she loved the children, too. And you just... I'm telling you, you just can't help but love the children. Um, it is an experience. I never was greatly into camping when we here in the States. I'm not greatly into camping in Guyana, but uh, it's a necessity. As we go uh, to these remote villages, they, no, no electricity, no running water in most of them. Some are getting water and some are getting uh, uh, some electricity. But uh, we, everybody, uh, we provide tents and, and uh, pads and air mattresses for all of our people. And our, the locals that travel with us, we do the same for them. Um, it, it, traveling and camping has its luxuries. Uh, some of you are old enough to remember what this building is and probably would like to forget what that building is. Um, livestock run. My first trip to Guyana during the night, I, I, something, I felt something kind of nudging me and there were... Uh, pigs outside of my tent rooting up under my tent. Um, nice way to wake up, but it's just part of, uh, part of life. This uh, odd-shaped tent is really what, you, what we use for, for bathing. Sometimes there are places um, that are sort of protected where you can bathe out of a bucket, but uh, the Guyanese people are only about this tall, um, so Protection for them is only about this tall. I mean, protection from visibility is what I'm trying to say. So uh, I, I believe the Johnsons had this, uh, this contraption that we could use to, to do some bucket bathing uh, from time to time as uh, they would share that with us. Again, uh, this is uh, uh, the, the lady on the, on the left is, is Indrani. She is one of our, uh, one of our cooks. And the one on the right is my granddaughter. She's made two trips with us on medical missions. Uh, she just graduated from high school this past year. And uh, she is anxious to go again. Um, um, a general scene, the, 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 what most of the villages look like. It's hard to tell uh, most of the villages one from another. But again, uh, we'll do go anywhere, do almost anything for Bible studies and try to reach people um, with, the, with the gospel of our Lord. Um, the kitchen area, it looks a little rough. Uh, you ladies probably would not be real excited about having to do your cooking there, but uh, we've, we've learned don't ask questions and don't look too hard. Just, uh, just eat when it's put in front of you, and uh, that's what we do. Um, they, they, our cooks are good. They know, uh, uh, we Americans, what we like and don't like, and they're very helpful 
um, to provide us. And, and the meals are they're pretty good. But by the time you've walked these trails all day long and, and, and in the heat and so forth, it's a wonderful thing to get to sit down for a meal and a good time of fellowship. And um, that, this one, is uh, that's breakfast. Um, usually eggs and other things. Um, the, the round thing looks like a, a roll or a bread is what's called a bake, and they are delicious. They, we'd classify them as a pastry. You can, uh, they're kind of puffed up, they're deep fried, and you can, they kind of puff up, and you can tear the end of it open, and you, inside it's hollow, like a, like a, almost like a jelly donut without the jelly. So we put the jelly in, and uh, sometimes I put cheese in them. Uh, they're just really, really delightful. Um, this is uh, Jennifer, used to be Gondos. Uh, Wernley is her name now. She has married in, in the last couple years. And uh, she teaches, is responsible for teaching the children's classes. Uh, she also teaches the ladies' classes, but uh, uh, the children literally come in droves. They love, you know, there's not a lot to do in these villages, so they're excited to be able to come to a gathering, um, whatever, whatever the reason may be. Um, again, another view, of, just general view of the villages. And, and you can see the water towers there in the background. Some villages, the government has come in and provided, uh, have, have had a well drilled, and they provide um, solar-powered uh, pumps, and they pump the water up there, and then uh, they pay the locals to dig trenches out through the village, kind of like fingers or spokes of a wheel, to get water out around the villages, not, not in their homes, but just at uh, gathering places where they can go, and it makes it a lot easier to get the water that they need for their daily uh, sustenance and their daily use. Um, this, is the, this is a skull of a jaguar. Um, this man was injured. You can't see it in the picture. I think it was his, his right arm, I believe it was. The, the jaguar actually hit him uh, um, on the attack, and he killed it with a bow and arrow. Um, I wanted to bring the whole skull home, but uh, they are a protected species, so that's not allowed. And, uh, but uh, Brother Jerry got one before they were protected. He had, uh, Brother Jerry had a, a skull from a jaguar. Um, our folks out making their plans where they're going to go out around the village. Um, this is Sister Hazel Rand from uh, the Summerdale uh, congregation. By the way, she told me to tell you all hello. Um, uh, Sister Hazel is a hard, hard working lady. Uh, we just love her dearly. She's a valuable asset to our, to our work. Again, I didn't realize I had so many pictures of Charles Simon, but that's uh, Brother Charles preaching. Oh, no, excuse me. That was Glenn Brown. Excuse me. Um, this is, again, Sister Jennifer teaching uh, the ladies' class. The ladies are very willing to, to come in the middle of the day and, and have Bible classes. A couple of our guys, Brian on each side, both are uh, Americans are named Brian, uh, having a Bible study. Um, one of the uh, assemblies, I believe this, again, was in Now. This was so crowded on that Sunday morning that there were probably... Just in short of this picture, out of the, out of the picture's uh, range here, uh, there were probably a hundred children sitting on the ground, sitting on the floor um, in, in, for that worship. Marriages come about. A sister uh, has offered us a, another wedding dress. Our ladies carry wedding dresses and wedding rings, and none of the guys do. I don't know why that is, but it's a, a lady thing, I guess. But in, in teaching... They, by and large, they don't marry. They live together and outside of marriage. And uh, when we convert people, when we teach them the gospel, we also teach them about God's law concerning marriage. 
And uh, um, we, if they express a desire to be baptized, um, we insist that they either part ways or marry uh, before we'll baptize. There needs to be that, uh, that uh, a show of repentance. As Jesus said, bring fruit worthy of repentance. And so we, we ask that of all those who are living in that kind of, that kind of condition. Two of our preaching brethren... Again, a cute little, cute little fella. Um, usually, we, and you all have probably done it in the past, a lot of times our congregations will collect uh, over-the-counter meds um, and vitamins and that sort of thing. And uh, we, uh, we, we hand them out to, our, to the members of the congregations. But the, whatever we have left over, we give to the village medics. Almost every village has a medic uh, trained like a, like a paramedic here or a, an EMT uh, in, in their individual villages. Um, some of the living conditions, what they would call normal, average, standard living conditions. Uh, most of us would uh, probably not keep our livestock in uh, some of the places that these folks live. Uh, some of our folks on the trail in the village of Paramakatoy, again, it's a mountain village, um, a lot of work involved. Sometimes we have an opportunity to teach a lot of people together at one time. And so some, in some smaller villages, we'll offer classes at a particular time and so forth. And this is at their soccer stadium, um, not quite like the stadiums we're used to, but it's a, it's a good way to get uh, several people together and teach several at one time rather than individually. Uh, I mentioned uh, electricity. Do you see the, the uh, solar panel right there in the middle? Um, and there's a wire running off of that into, inside into a battery, and they'll have a light bulb in, uh, in there, and that's their electricity. I was studying with a little lady one day, and uh, just after they started handing out, the, the government handing, was handing out these solar panels, and I asked her, I said, aren't you happy to have electricity now, have a light in your house? And as I said, they're very reserved people. They're kind of backward. She's very, they're very, very quiet. And she, she, she answered me with just two words, bring mosquitoes. Um, what we think is a necessity isn't always a blessing. Um, and we sometimes as Americans kind of forget that. Um, one of a, a new house uh, under construction. Uh, it's an interesting having a background in the construction trades. It's very interesting to me to watch how they accomplish. Um, these, uh, what I would call a thatch roof, they're from palm fronds. They, uh, they will last 10 to 15 years. Um, it's very interesting how they construct those and, and how they, and they'll work together. Uh, the schools, uh, there are primary schools and elementary schools in almost every village. Uh, but the, what we would call middle school and high school, they have to go to larger villages. And the children, there are dorms there, and the children go live in the dorms and are away from their families while they get their uh, upper-level education, uh, their, what we would call high school education. But almost always, the, in, in nearly every village, they invite us into, uh, into the school uh, to teach and teach the Bible, teach God's Word. They're very receptive to that, and we, we try to bring them some gifts from time to time. The kids may not think of them as gifts, but a lot of times uh, my dentist and other dentists will provide us with a supply of toothbrushes. But uh, the children, and did you notice, um, well, I already, pay, I don't know if I can back up. Here we go. Do you notice anything different from our children? The uniforms. And you saw the living conditions, the pictures I showed you a little bit ago. And those uniforms will be pressed. 
They'll be spotlessly clean. Uh, uh, now, they get dirty through the day like any kid, but when they're on the way to school in the mornings, and some of these kids, little, I mean, kindergarten-age kids will walk a mile or two to get to the school building by themselves. But uh, these uniforms are absolutely spotless when they go in the morning. It, it really is quite interesting and quite, uh, quite a sight to behold. Trying to keep my eye on the clock. I got two minutes. Um, students in the, living in the dorms have to go carry their own water. So they'll have water to use in the dorm for bathing and so forth. Um, uh, uh, baptism. Um, just a real quick story. Uh, we Americans were a little cautious of the Cayman. A Cayman is in the alligator family. And uh, the, uh, the uh, um, anaconda, you know, that's that humongous big snake. Um, and we ask, you know, are there, are there any snakes or caiman here in this water? And they'll say, oh, no, they stay upstream. I don't know where upstream is, but that's what they always tell us. Um, again, just some beautiful, beautiful children. Um, and it's, uh, we're, we're out of time, and I need to close. Um, as we close, let me say to you again, just real quickly, our, our objective obviously, is to continue to reach uh, lost souls. There's a part of this work that also we are constantly reteaching. We may go into a village and we may have, let's say, 20 to 25 baptisms, and we'll have, uh, I remember one, uh, one campaign, we had 70 restorations. And I really, uh, when I took over this work, I met with the preachers down there and I told them, I told them that uh, I had been given enough money in, for, for Emory Indian Missions that I could commit to them that they would have pay for two years. At that time, when I was just beginning in this work, I didn't know really what all was involved, and, and that's all I could commit to them. Um, but I said to them, the, the, as, uh, as in Daniel's day, the handwriting is on the wall. I don't know that I'll be able to pay you after two years. But we, for this two years, you need to get to work. You need to build your congregations, first of all, spiritually. That's part, you know, it, we're not doing anybody much good when, they, when they're going out the back door as fast as they come in the front door, as we sometimes say. And so the, we need to be maturing these congregations. We need to be maturing the men in these congregations to leadership in the congregations. And certainly they need to grow numerically. And those congregations uh, need to begin to financially support the preachers and not depend on Americans for everything. Um, and that's part of what we're going to try to accomplish. It, whenever we're able to get back down there, um, we're going to do more intense work in individual villages. We'll still do the campaign work, but we'll have a group of people who are dedicated just to working with the congregation, uh, the Christians that are there, trying to help them mature and grow to a leadership uh, position. I'm out of time, so I have to quit. Um, Ken, what you want? Just... Oh, I think I know what that means. <laughs> I, you didn't know I knew sign language. Um, would you bow with me as we close with a prayer? Merciful God Almighty, we're so thankful for the blessings that you give us in life. Uh, thank you, Father, for the, this congregation and their support of Amerindian Missions. Thank you, Father, for men like Brother Jerry who have laid the, the groundwork, the foundation for us to be able to, to go into foreign countries and, and build on the work that they have started. Help us, Father, to have a great love for lost souls, not just in Guyana, but, uh, but in our own backyards, Father.
Help us always to put you first in our lives and help us each day to be more committed to sharing the gospel message with those around us. Help us, Father, to put you first in our lives. Help us to examine ourselves and make sure we are what we need to be is in our walk with you, that we might be acceptable and pleasing in your sight and thus enjoy the eternal home you've provided for us. Thank you for Jesus and that great sacrifice and, uh, and the forgiveness of sins we find through his blood. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.